So we've nearly done now two weeks of lockdown. How are we doing? It's been uh, interesting, hasn't it? Adjusting to a different way of living, a different way of working, a different way of shopping, a different way of exercising, also a different way of homeschooling for some of us. Probably the less said about that, the better, I would say. But for so many of us now, we, you've been physically isolated from your friends and family for a long time now. For some of you, you are key workers. You are literally on the front line, putting yourself at risk on a daily basis in order to help and to serve others. And if that is you, we just want to say a massive heartfelt thank you so, so much for all that you are doing. Mm. We don't take you for granted. Our NHS is incredible. You are incredible. Thank you for all that you are doing. We are praying for you. For others of you, because of the lockdown, you are now facing severe financial burden, a burden that you maybe thought you would never have to carry suddenly has landed upon you and the weight of it maybe is crushing. It's really difficult for you. And that is where this Bible comes in, this word comes in to help us because Wherever we are today, whether we are physically or emotionally feel like we're in lockdown, feel imprisoned or trapped, this Bible is here to help us. Now, the Apostle Paul, he knows only too well what it means to be in lockdown. He is trapped and he's in prison. And so we're continuing in our wee little series called The Prison Letters. And so we are going to read from Philippians this morning. So why don't you turn to that in your Bible or swipe to that? And we're in 1 Philippians. And Philippians we're gonna... 1. Philippians 1. Thank you, darling. Not 1. I keep saying that. Philippians 1. I do know my Bible, honestly. Uh, verses 3 to 6. So why don't you head over to that now? And I'm going to read for you. Okay. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 So as Chuck explained last week, the Apostle Paul, he is... Um, He's writing this letter in prison and he's writing it to his friends in Philippi. And yet in these few little verses that I've just read to you, um, I believe that there are four practices of prison that Paul teaches us that we can implement wherever we are um, around the world today. So practice number one is thankfulness. Verse three, I thank my God every time I remember you. So picture the scene. Here's Paul and he's in a cramped prison cell. His only bed would be the cold, hard, smelly, dank floor of his cell. Um, he is separated from his friends. He is in chains. So his wrists and his ankles are shackled, which would be causing him a huge amount of pain. He's been unjustly accused. He's been brutally treated and he has a threat of execution looming over him. 
Probably if anyone had a right to complain, the Apostle Paul in this moment did. And yet, what do we see ringing from his lips? We see thankfulness ringing from his lips. And I love that. Even in prison, even in the midst of pain and uncertainty, he is still able to find things to be thankful for. And the reason is because for Paul, thankfulness has become part of his daily reality. And that thankfulness has transformed his perspective and actually his life. Thankfulness is about giving thanks to God for every blessing that he gives us, from the tiniest thing to the largest things. Being thankful helps to restore our perspective. It fuels our contentment and it keeps our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is always for us, always blessing us, always with us, in every season, in every occasion. And so let's be people, even in the midst of this pandemic, let's be people who choose to daily choose our hearts to be thankful, to find something to be thankful for. Mm, So good. Okay, practice number two, prayer. Verse four, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. So this whole live stream business is a little bit weird, let's face it, you know, um, it's brilliant, but it is weird because we can't connect physically like we would if we were doing church on a Sunday. You know, maybe you're part of the Catalyst family and if we were doing church in a school or in our building, then our church building, then we would be having a coffee, you'd be telling me how you're doing, I'd be telling you how I'm doing. But the reality is, I don't know who's watching this. And so I don't know what your journey's like, your faith journey is like. I don't know if prayer is something that has been um, formed into the rhythm of your life or if you've never even considered praying before. But wherever we're at, the reality is that the wonderful thing about prayer is that absolutely no previous experience is required. Mm. And there is no minimum or maximum amount to how much we can pray. Maybe you've spent the whole of your life never even considering prayer until maybe 30 seconds ago. Maybe you've been a Christian for a really long time and in this season you just sense the Lord is beckoning you into a deeper intimacy as you plant new seeds and water and nurture your prayer life. The reality is that there are so many things right now that we feel disconnected from, but we can never be disconnected from God because prayer is all about connection. It's all about relationship, even in isolation, even in lockdown, even when we feel imprisoned, either uh, physically or emotionally. And Jesus's invitation is available to all of us right here, right now to pray that nothing is too big or too trivial that he doesn't want us to bring to him in prayer because prayer works. I can testify to that. You can testify to that. The billions of Christians across the globe can testify to that as well because prayer changes things because God changes things. Prayer makes a way because God makes a way. 
Prayer is incredibly powerful because God is incredibly powerful. Prayer does the heavy lifting because God does the heavy lifting on our behalf when we're at our wit's end. And I love this quote from William Temple. He said, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. So we've got lots of stories that are coming out of our church right now, particularly regarding answer to prayer. But and I don't have time to go into all the stories, but there's just one simple little story I want to highlight and share with you today. And that is our site pastor. Um, her mum phoned her a few days ago to say that she was really concerned about her money. Um, She's not able to work right now. She's on zero hour contract and she was stressing about her finances and she was worried ultimately that she was going to lose her job. And so uh, the site pastor, her daughter said to her, well, mum, I'm going to pray that that doesn't happen. Well, then the very next day, her mum phones her back up and she says, guess what? My boss has been on the phone. He wanted to check in to see how I'm doing. And then he said to me, I don't want you to worry about, about money. And so for the next three months, you need to know that we are paying your full salary for you. So you don't need to worry. How wonderful is that? You see, prayer works. God answers prayers. Whether you've been praying for 50 years or five minutes, the encouragement to you today is to lift your burdens and give them to God so that he can do the heavy lifting on your behalf. Okay, so we've had practice thankfulness, practice prayer, and the third practice of prison, practice number three, partnership in hope. Verse five, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So we have this opportunity, even whilst we're in lockdown, to partner with God and partner with one another to spread hope wherever we can. And I heard a wee story this week about a lady in our church who uh, saw her neighbor, one of her neighbors was in the garden with her children. And she thought, oh, I really wanna encourage her. So she got a wee card and a wee little gift together. And in the card she wrote, you are such an incredible mum," and a whole bunch of words to do with what an amazing mum she was. And she parceled it all up and she just posted it through the letterbox. Now, what that lady didn't know was that the day before, her neighbor had gone onto social media to say how, how badly she felt she was doing as a mum right now and how terrible she felt and that she didn't think she was doing a good job at all. Then she receives this card that is basically saying, what an amazing mum you are. I've seen you I, and, and just encouraging this mum in all the little things that she was doing. And this mum was so encouraged by this card that the very next day she went back onto social media. She took a photo of that card and she posted it and said how encouraged and uplifted she felt after receiving that card. And the funny thing is, that the lady from our church that sent that card isn't on social media. So she had no clue how her neighbor was feeling. You see, in these days, we can remember the hope that we have and what that means for everyone around us. The hope that we have as Christians, we can sow into the lives of other people. 
You see, Paul is encouraging his friends in Philippi. He's saying to them to keep making known the good news of Jesus. Because this hope that we carry is just is way more than just a mere wish. You know, it's far more than us just kind of thinking, well, you know, it's my own personal strength and desire I've got to muster up and hope for something to happen. That's not what I'm talking about here at all. This hope that we have, this hope that we carry comes from the promises of God and is rooted in the work of Jesus. And maybe you're listening to this today and you're thinking, I'd really like that hope. I don't have that hope that you're talking about, but I want it. Well, later on, we are going to give you an opportunity to receive that hope for yourself. And we're going to give you an opportunity, an invitation to um, uh, put your trust in Jesus and to receive that hope. So that's a heads up for you now to be thinking about that. You know, it dawned on me the other day that for such a time as this, we've been made for. For such a time as this, it's no coincidence to God that we are here in these days, in these times. In fact, we are exactly the right people in the right place at the right time. And he has entrusted us in these days to be carriers of hope because the church of Jesus Christ always arises when all hope is lost. Only the hope that we have in Jesus remains. And when we have this hope, when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, it's like our anchor in the storm. It's like the light that shines in the darkness. And right here and right now, I believe that the Lord is wanting to remind us as to partner with him, to be a dealer of hope to the world. Be a dealer of hope. And lastly, practice number four is transformation. Verse six, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, probably all of us knew pretty much that we weren't perfect before this whole lockdown thing. Well, I would imagine that now we can confirm we're absolutely not perfect in any way. You know, for many of us, this has been such a testing time, hasn't it? It's tested our resilience, our patience, and so much more as well. But what if rather than just feeling maybe bad, grumpy because, you know, we shouted at the kids or we had a bit of a difficult telephone conversation with someone and then we go to bed feeling really bad about it or slightly ashamed of ourselves. What if instead we saw this time as a gift, a gift that God has given us that in, that in this situation that is causing those things in us, maybe that we don't particularly like to surface and to rise up, that actually this is a moment for Jesus to come and bring transformation to those parts. Jesus wants to come and transform us. You know, the incredible news is that we don't have to come out of lockdown the same way as we went in. Mm. We don't have to. And Paul is encouraging his friends and he's saying that there is absolutely nothing in this life or even after death that can stop God's good work in us. And that includes during a pandemic. All we have to do 
is once again come before him and place ourselves into his hands and allow him to come and to shape and to mould us and to bring maybe those parts of us that we're not particularly proud of or those rough edges that we would like him to smooth over and say, here I am, make me how you want me to be. Why don't we pray?